I'm a big believer that way too many real estate salespeople try and advertise before they know how to be a salesperson. Invest in your education and become a master salesperson before you start trying to make it rain. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Smart Agents Podcast. My name is Michael Walter and I'll be your host. On today's episode, we are joined by Andrew Duncan, founder and CEO of the Duncan Duo team. Based in Tampa, Florida, the Duncan Duo finished 2020 with $257 million in volume and roughly 900 sales. Throughout our conversation, Andrew talks all about advertising on and hosting a weekly radio show and how that has grown his business. We also talk about the marketing he does with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, before we get into the day's featured interview, make sure you follow and subscribe to the show on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. You can find us on all major podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, as you can see if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents YouTube channel. Click the bell to get notifications for each new episode. And lastly, if you or somebody else on your team has an awesome story to share, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. We're always looking for new stories to feature. All right, so on to the day's featured interview, where again, we chat with Andrew Duncan, founder and CEO of the Duncan Duo. So pretty much the way I usually like to start these out is if you could just tell me about kind of a little bit of your background in the uh, industry, where you're at and stuff. Yeah. So um, I got licensed in 2005, got really started in real estate in 06, um, you know, back when things were going crazy busy, but just before they started to go bad. And um, I had been a sales rep for a Fortune 500 company uh, out of St. Petersburg. I'd traveled the West Coast for about five years. So I was a road warrior and, and I, was, I was just tired of it. Two weeks a month of travel was just, was just too much for me. So um, I got my real estate license after, um, you know, meeting and, and kind of networking. I bought some investment properties and I thought, man, I could do that job. I, you know, my real estate agent was driving a Mercedes Benz. And I thought, yeah, that, that, that sounds good to me. So I had done well in my prior career. I had put some money away so that I was able to kind of uh, survive the ups and downs of that, of that first couple of years. And, after the first couple of years, I really started, um, you know, discovering new ways to advertise. I was working with friends and family and, um, you know, started to kind of grow. At the same time, my wife had uh, become tired of her job uh, with Bank of America. And, and so she left and joined me. Uh, so that's kind of when we, I would say we officially became the Duncan Duo in about 2008. And uh, we both fired each other a lot. And uh, had a lot of frustrating, uh, frustrating nights, but but worked together to to, to really grow. And I would say our growth uh, really started about 09 to 10. Uh, I think we had 100 sales for the first time, and then you know through the last decade, we've doubled it a few times. And and um, you know 257 million in volume last year, about 900 sales, with a goal of over a thousand this year. So obviously, lot, lots of learning uh, mistakes. Uh, through that decade, but but a lot of great times too. Right. And I definitely, I want to touch on later on about that idea of, you know, kind of having that little nest egg for the tough times. Yeah. It's like, that is something that so many people don't do and it's super important, but I want to touch on that in a little bit. Tell me about, you know, so the, the business, how, you know, how you've built it and grown it over those, over these years. So th that year we had done a hundred sales. Our average sale price was 92,000. Uh, so um, we were selling real estate <laughs> as uh, friends of mine like to say, and uh, we started doing a lot of short sales. So we, at that time, short sales were kind of the market of the, of the moment. And we learned how to do them. A lot of agents in our office didn't want to touch them. 
Um, so we kind of took those on to help people, you know, get through and avoid foreclosure and obviously picked up buyers and kind of grew through that, hired a, hired a real estate coach. Um, and, and that's when we really made a strong investment uh, where we kind of stepped out on a, on a limb and made investments into advertising and marketing. We said, you know what, if we don't make any money this year, we're going to be okay because we have money put away. But we need, if we're going to grow this, we've got to feed it. We, we've got to generate leads. We've got to become a rainmaker. And, and so we started investing in, in radio and it started with, with radio. Um, and obviously, in addition to that, doing, you know, internet, buying internet leads and um, so, you know, do, doing all the things I think a lot of other people are doing, but, but no one in our market was really advertising on radio. So we started that and then branched off to more and more stations, then added TV, did more and more TV stations, then added billboard. And now, um, you know, aligning with sports teams, doing some other large scale uh, advertising Our advertising budget from a percentage standpoint is still very comparable to the, what it was in the beginning as far as our revenue goes. It's just a much bigger number today because of a, of a higher revenue number. Right. And that's just all part of the scaling. But yeah. you, uh, so starting out in the radio, you yeah. know, how did that kind of come about? How did you build that relationship? So for us, um, you know, we, we had a media agent at the time that had approached us about advertising on radio and using celebrity endorsements. A lot of uh, top agents have done it. And, and at the time, no one in our market was doing it. And we felt like um, no one really knew who we were. We were pretty young. I, you know, I still had a limiting belief about my age that uh, the top agents in my market were all much older than I was. And, and so we needed, you know, I needed something to satisfy my own limiting belief, but I also needed something to kind of differentiate us and make us stand out. So, so we started with that and, and it, it worked pretty quickly. Um, we started getting leads and business from it. it. It branded us pretty well with with celebrity endorsers, and and then obviously grew to more and more of those and more and more stations. You know, kind of over the years, I was always a believer that um, I didn't want to do too much, too many things at once, because I felt like if you, you know, I think real estate agents are notorious for uh, going to conferences and buying like everything and coming home and using none of it. And, and I didn't want to make that mistake. So, so my goal was each time I'd introduce a lead generation strategy, I'd want to master it before I'd add another one. And so, for example, with radio, I said, okay, now that we're on one station with one personality during a, just a couple hour block a day, so the next step is let's be in every hour of the day. And then the step after that was let's go to another station with another and kind of keep growing it that way organically instead of doing too many things at once and breaking us. I wanted to grow at a at a rapid pace, but a pace that wouldn't uh, cause us to be unable to properly serve the agents that join us or, or the, or the customers. So, but, but the, the radio for us was, it was funny because probably about, I would say the first couple of weeks, we weren't getting too many calls. And one of the very first calls was actually somebody that had a trailer like out, out in the boonies out in East Hillsboro. And I thought to myself, man, if, if this is going to be what we're going to get all the time, man, I don't know if this is going to work. And probably three months in, uh, we were in it, you know, I would say at that point, we'd probably spend maybe, maybe $12,000. And uh, I, I was pretty nervous about it because we didn't have a return on investment at that point. And probably right about that time, Angela and I thought, you know, maybe we should just pull out of this. And, and um, you know, I remember at the time we both said, you know what, most people fail because they quit too soon. So let's give it a little bit longer. And sure enough, it wasn't too long before the phone started ringing and we started listing a lot of houses from our radio ads. Yeah. And now from the radio ads, you actually have a show. Is that correct? Yeah, we, we do. We do a radio show on a local AM station. 
um, on Sunday mornings at 10. I've uh, been doing that a decade. Um, you know, we, we a little over a decade. So it was crazy this past year. I, I remember looking because we, we keep a copy of all the shows and we'd done our over our 500 shows. And I just couldn't even imagine. I remember the very first time I did a show, I had like all these notes written out. And now I've done it so many times that I pull up a few websites. I've got a few talking points and you talk for an hour about something you do every day and it doesn't take too long. Right. So, I mean, it really is one of those things like once you do it enough, the whole, it, it, the preparation for it, it's something that you're doing. It's part of your everyday life. So just yeah, talk about it. It's easy to, you know, and, and I think that one of the things I really enjoyed about the radio show in the beginning, it prepared me for doing things like this because I, I wasn't comfortable with it. Um, I wasn't a, fr- I've always been outgoing. Um, so, so I wasn't necessarily intimidated to, to get in front mm-hmm. of people and talk, but I think the fact that I had to talk about real estate every Sunday for an hour, um, I think it made, made it a whole lot easier for me to present to customers, but also to present to uh, agents thinking of joining us. It just made me a more, much more comfortable public speaker. Right. And I really like that, what you just said about having agents join you. This is just a way that kind of shows those agents that you're targeting to bring into your team. Like, right. Look, we're, we're everywhere. We're going to, yeah. like, how, how much was that part of your strategy? It, it totally was because, you know, similar to, you know, any marketer, the whole idea of content creation, because when, when we look at what we're doing from an advertising perspective, you know, every year we evaluate and say, okay, how can we grow? How can we grow revenue? How can we grow profit? You know, and, and you know, there's a few different ways to do it. And, and you know, obviously more leads, better price point leads, um, you know, charging more, um, and then obviously having more salespeople. And, and so for us, it became, you know, very... Um, you know, it was, it was very much a part of the conversation that we knew we were generating a massive amount of leads. And for us to serve those people, we didn't have enough salespeople to, to communicate and stay on top of them enough. And we're losing revenue because, you know, we didn't have enough people to communicate with the leads. So, you know, for us, it, it does help. And, and I would guess that a large percentage of the people who listen to my show on Sunday are probably real estate people. So they're, they're listening to say, is this somebody that I would enjoy working, you know, for or whose company I would enjoy working at. Right. And uh, Hey, you know what, if that's going to help bring in people that help your bottom line, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. And I, and I think it's, it's informative too, because it keeps them up to date on what's going on in the industry. And, you know, our, you know, I really push a lot of our agents to make sure if they don't listen to it um, on Sundays to, you know, listen to it when we stream it out or podcast it on, um, on iHeart's website, just so they can stay up to date on what I'm talking about. Because while well, people call us and I'll have agents be like, Hey, they're calling about this. It's like, well, you should have listened to the show and you know what they're talking about. So not everybody can listen to it, but it, but it's important for our company, you know, to stay on top of what I'm talking about because it is going to generate uh, inquiries from people. Right. And then it- I also really like how you take that one show and you, you distribute it on so many different platforms to see you actually, you cut bits of it out and put it on Instagram. So it's not the, the actual content creation part of it is still the one time, but the distributing is correct. Yeah. And and I think that that's a phenomenon that we really started working on in the last year or so. Um, We, you know, we wanted to take more of the, of the show and get it into the other formats because we weren't doing a good enough job of it. And, and I recognized that. So, so I felt that while, while I couldn't expect that the average consumer would listen to the entire hour on Sundays, if I could carve out, you know, a, a minute or a two minute little excerpt from it and put it on social media or put it out in an email blast, share with our team, 
then then it would be still using the the one hour that I block to to create that as a way to generate um, you know inquiries, impressions, all those things. Right. Absolutely. Well, and it's just, it's taking that time investment that you put into that initial show and extending the life of it too, which is. Yeah, no, no doubt. That's great. What, um, so one of the other really cool things that, you know, just stuck out to me when I was, I stumbled upon you guys on Instagram was your partnership with the Tampa Bay lightning. Yeah. yeah it's really I lived cool. in Tampa for a while. And yeah. so it was, you know, it's, I actually have a, uh, the all-star game, uh, polo on today from when the all-star game was here at, uh, Emily arena. And so, so it was kind of interesting. It happened. Um, we own, in addition to owning the, the real estate company, we own some affiliated companies, including an insurance agency and a, and a title company and our title company partner had gotten a call from the lightning. And this is, I think six years ago, had gone, gotten a call from the lightning saying, Hey, you know, do you know anyone in real estate that might be interested in a, in a, in a kind of an advertising partnership with the team? He's like, Oh, I know just the guy. And, and so he introduced me to, you know, to a contact at the lightning who did know who we were, who'd seen our other advertising and stuff. And uh, it was just kind of a, a match made in heaven, you know, a winning team uh, that, that our, our community had gotten behind a terrific uh, owner that's super charitable and does so much great for Tampa. It's growing Tampa Bay. Um, and, and so we dove right in and, and we've been with them six years now. We just renewed again for, for uh, a few weeks ago prior to the season starting for, for this year. And it's cool because, you know, we, we obviously have marketing exposure within the games and the, and the, and the, uh, the games on TV, games in person and all that. But then getting to interact with the players, getting to work with, uh, people from the team and, and players and stuff is, is just a really cool thing. Um, I just love hockey players. They're super genuine, very, um, very humble. I mean, some of these guys make, you know, seven, $10 million a year and they just act like, you know, like a guy from, you know, just, a, just some dude from Canada, you know? And, and so it's, I just love working with them. They're all, it's a great group of guys and it's no, surprised to me seeing the growth of the organization, seeing some of the players kind of come up through the organization that they won the Stanley Cup because it's, it really is about the culture. Uh, it's throughout their whole organization. It isn't just the hockey players, but their entire organization uh, buys into uh, their culture and it's just blatantly clear. They're going to be a winning for a, a long time to come. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you look at like the Steven Stamkos. I mean, these are guys that got drafted. You A, a good yeah. team has the people that were drafted with them and they kind of grew them. So it kind of sounds, yeah, you know, and that's kind of seems like that's really kind of congruent with your business too. You know, no you, you grow up the team through yep. your training. Yeah. We have multiple people that have been with me 10 years, which is, wow. which is pretty uh, remarkable. There's a lot of turnover in the real estate industry and a lot of real estate teams like ours struggle to keep talented people because the people decide, okay, well, I can do better on my own or I want to go out on my own. And, and we have a lot of people to stay because they, they do the math. They say, look how, look how well I'm doing. It doesn't make sense for me to take the risk that it might take me three to four years to get back to where I'm at. And I'd rather just keep growing with what they're doing. And, and so very similar to um, what I consider like, you know, Steven Stamkos or Nikita Kucherov taking a kind of a team friendly deal in some instances, maybe they could go out and do better on their own, but they like winning. They like being part of a winning culture and, um, you know, they, they, uh, they buy into that, that team concept. And, and so a lot of congruence between uh, the lightning and our, and our organization. And, and I think, again, it's also something that um, in addition to all the marketing avenues, it's something we're able to bless our clients with. So we give tickets away to games. We give all kinds of merchandise. We do signings with players. 
Um, we do meet and greets with players, not not during COVID because that's a whole different animal, but it'll come back. So we, we've got to meet, um, you know, our, not just us, but many of our clients have gotten to meet a lot of the players, a lot of the uh, even Hall of Famers from the organization that, are, that aren't playing anymore. So it's, it's something that, it, you know, from a marketing perspective, gets us repeat uh, and referral business because of those experiences that we get to share with, uh, with our clients. Right. I saw a, a bunch of testimonial videos. It looked like it was in the, uh, the box or, you know, in the, yeah, yeah, we do that. So we do a, um, we do an event. And again, same thing we didn't get to this year because of COVID, but we do an event every year at the arena where our clients get to go. And it's generally during the holidays, our clients get to go ice skating on the Emily ice. It's fully catered and with food. There's generally a player or two there and Thunderbug and the lightning girls. And we do giveaways of all kinds of like signed, signed stuff and tickets. And we have a little booth for people to, um, you know, to, to give testimonials, um, you know, at the event. So that, that's a cool thing for us to be able to not just capture that information from our customers, but share a re- something that they couldn't just get on their own um, besides, you know, a handful of companies that have that kind of access. Right. Well, and it just advertising with a, a sporting organization is so awesome because like their fan bases, when, if they see you guys and you're associated with them, they are loyal people and they're going to be loyal to you too. Yeah. And, and, and the cool part is, is we're fans too. Angela and I, I mean, we wear our Duncan duo lightning jerseys and we go to a lot of games. We don't, we don't get to every one of them, but if, if we're not at a game, then someone from our company is in our seats. We take clients to the games. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to, um, you know, February hitting and us being able to go back in person again. But, but, you know, I think they can tell that we're, you know, when they see us jumping and screaming at the games that we're not just an advertising partner lighting. We're, we're just as much a, you know, super fan as they are. And, you know, we get to it, the, the cool part about being a partner is you get to do things that um, other people uh, don't get to do. But we like to share that with uh, our people and our clients and, and allow them to get to do things, um, especially some of the fans that are customers of ours to to be able to get them to meet players and do things like that is just, it, for me, it's, it's, I, I pinch myself sometimes about how cool it is. Yeah. And it's tell me, I mean, I think it's so important to when you are advertising with somebody in your party is to be, is to be involved with it. And it's not just yeah. somewhere where you go and put your face out there, your name on there, but to really be involved in it. Well, you know, and you make a really good point because I've heard, um, you know, I've heard real estate agents say things like, um, you know, I'll give a few examples. Zillow doesn't work or radio doesn't work or TV doesn't work. And most of the time it's because they, they simply clicked submit on a website and expected magic to happen. They expected them to give someone a credit card and leads to rain out of the sky uh, like, like a miracle. And, and then it, they didn't do what they needed to do. They didn't build out a good profile on, on Zillow. They didn't go get reviews. They didn't put their past sales on there or, um, you know, radio, they didn't build a relationship with the station and take them out to lunch and learn about them to not just get business from radio, but from the company that airs the ads from the personalities on radio, the, uh, it, it's all, you know, if you're going to spend money somewhere, um, you know, you need to get involved, you need to stay active. And, and so similarly, you know, Angela and I, um, you know, I think the past five years, we started our own foundation and we're very, you know, we give back a lot. But I always said that I didn't just want to like give money to a charity. I wanted to, I wanted to be involved. I wanted to give money and time. Um, and, and I think the same has to be said for most things you do. If you're not succeeding at something you're spending money on, don't just go right to blaming 
the place that you're spending money with, because a lot of times you have to look in the mirror and figure out what you're doing wrong with the money that you're spending and that relationship uh, in order to maximize it to, to get a return. Right. Right. What would you, for, you know, people that are kind of starting out or they're just starting their team, where would you say for them to kind of, you know, cause their budgets are obviously smaller. There's a sure. lot, lot on the line. Where, where would you say, you know, for them to kind of start out at what kind of avenues yeah. to start looking and it's, at. And it's really tough. Like I started radio a, a decade ago and it was cheaper, you know, yeah. and, and now with politics and so many other things, um, you know, it's gotten more and more expensive to do radio, TV and billboards. So it's, it is extremely hard for anyone that's not a massive producer to look at those places to invest and say, okay, I'm going to go, um, you know, and advertise because they, they either don't, they don't have a, um, they don't have enough repetition or broadcast enough, enough of a purchase for it to make sense. Um, they, you know, or they don't do it long enough for it to start working because they're, they're nervous. It's a, it's a big investment. So that's generally something that I don't recommend people do until they're into, you know, three or 400 units at the, at, at today's prices because of the, the cost it's gotten, it's gotten more expensive to compete. Many more advertisers are competing. The large iBuyers are competing for that space. So um, the, the first recommendation that I always have, um, you know, if you're looking to advertise is the, is the free and cheap stuff. Craigslist ads, doing open houses with lots of signs, like 30, 40, 50 signs at an open house, which sounds crazy. The more signs you have, the more impressions that is, the more people it will either show up or remember you from this, the massive amount of signs that you put out. Um, and I think that that um, I'm a big believer that way too many real estate salespeople try and advertise before they know how to be a salesperson. Invest in your education and become a master salesperson before you start trying to make it rain. Because far too many people say, oh, well, you know, I got my license a month ago. I'm going to start spending a bunch of money on advertising. But they don't, they don't spend the money in educating themselves to become a great salesperson, to handle objections, to do a proper presentation, to get coaching. Uh, they, they, they try and spend money and they may generate the leads, but they don't have any idea how to handle it or how to convert it. So before you start spending money on leads, I would make sure that you're a master salesperson first. Right. Well, because, you know, you blow that you know, something gets you all derailed and it's so, well, it takes a long time to build up your brand. It is so fast to destroy it. And yeah. Yeah. And I think, and again, I, I see it happen a lot where people will say, you know, I did, I did, you know, nine deals this year and now this year I want to do 50. Well, you know, the difference between doing nine and 50 probably isn't the number of leads you're doing. It's probably what you're doing with the leads you're getting. Um, so, so hiring a coach, uh, going through some extra training, some coaching, uh, finding a mentor, and, and finding ways to improve your skill set, your presentation to improve your conversion percentage. Because I hear people all the time say, I need more leads, I need more leads. And then you see that they're converting such a drastically low percentage of leads they get. The issue isn't the leads, the issue is them. It's, it's their inability to convert, uh, their inability to build rapport, their inability to recognize someone that's a different personality profile, how to communicate with them. All those things really matter when you when you start looking at it. And, and to me, that's something that, you know, the, the sprinkling lead generation on it is something that 
Um, I think you do after you become a master salesperson. I was fortunate that um, I, I got into real estate after a five-year stint at, in a very professional presentation sales environment. So I already had a lot of the skill set. Um, you know, a lot of people that get into real estate have no sales background. So, so they, they, they think they know what they're doing and they, a lot of times they don't. And they think the issue is the number of leads and it, it's generally not, it's probably more the skill set. Right. So would you say, you know, really for these newer agents to look for the brokers that offer the training? I mean, there's, yeah, there brokers some- at teams that are like ours that do a lot of training that, that, that really monitor all the numbers. Cause they're going to make sure you convert because of how much they're spending. They're going to hold you accountable. Uh, and you need that. You know, I hear people say all the time, I want to get a real estate for freedom. Well, you're going to be broke. Um, because you're going to, you're going to rely on that freedom and you're not going to get out there and grind. So the, the reality is, is you need the coaching and accountability. If you don't have a sales background, if you're, if you're jumping into real estate and you don't have any sales background, you're behind the eight ball because not only do you have to figure out how to generate the business, but now you've got to figure out how to be a salesperson. So, so I think the, the best path for people without sales experience is to go to organizations that are already generating the leads that are providing the leads for you. So you don't have to master that. Someone else can do it for you. And then you just focus on becoming the best salesperson you can be. And then eventually go do your own thing. Um, you know, but, but, but there's no question that too many people try to do too much at the beginning. They try and become the master salesperson, the master lead generator, the master contract negotiator um, all at the same time. And, and they end up being a jack of nothing. Right. Well, before wrapping up, I do want to touch back on what you said earlier about, you know, kind of making sure that you have that little nest egg to, yeah. you know, because the, the real estate's up and down. It's not, you know, we're at a high right now, but it's not going to stay that yeah, way. So, so many real estate agents, and, and, and I mean, I'm sure you can probably, you know, post the statistics on this, but the failure rate for first year real estate agents, even when the market's hot, is, is excruciatingly high. And, and the biggest failure reason is because people run out of money. They don't put enough money away. They don't save enough before they jump in. And then they have what I call like commission mouth. Commission mouth is basically like when you jump into real estate and you need money and you start pushing people to make deals because you need the money, not because it's in their best interest. People can sense that. So, so you, you have to at least be comfortable enough to serve their interest uh, and not come off like you're pushing them because you need a check when you first get in. So you need a little bit of a nest egg, um, you know, a little bit of a nest egg put away. A lot of people uh, don't prepare for that and, 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 or join the wrong company. Um, you'll see people join companies because, oh, well, the commission split is really high. Well, hundred percent of zero is still zero. You know, if you don't get leads, if they don't teach you how to really generate leads, then you're going to fail. So you've got to either have a solid lead generation strategy um, have, and have a good sales background to, to hit the ground running or, um, you know, go somewhere that has a solid lead generation, you know, platform and learn how to be a salesperson. I think those are two, um, you know, two really important things that, that a lot of people just, you know, they, they make mistakes on and it ends up costing them the ability to stay in the business and then they're getting out because they didn't do one of those things, you know, properly. And, you know, I, I, and I think the same goes for, um, a lot of real estate companies teach the idea that your friends and family can give you, you know, a certain number of transactions a year. And I always believe the numbers I hear some of the large companies say is way too high because your friends know like nine other realtors. When the market's hot, everybody gets a real estate license 
and your friends know nine other realtors and you're brand new, they're not going to trust you. So, uh, you know, your lead generation strategy or how you're going to generate income cannot just rely solely on beating up your friends and family that, or you'll lose your friends and family. <laughs> so, you know, you, I, it's, you can certainly rely on that a little bit, but you've got to have another way to generate, to generate business. Right. Right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to All us. Right. I mean, it was awesome. I, there's so much great stuff in there. So cool. Glad to do it. Appreciate it. I really want to thank Andrew for joining us today and make sure to check out the episode description for links to the Duncan Duo social media profiles, YouTube page, and radio show. And once again, if you think you or somebody else on your team has an awesome story or tip to share with our community, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. Well, that wraps things up for this episode, but remember, follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you subscribe to the Smart Agents YouTube channel. Again, I'm Michael Walter, and we'll see you on the next episode.